It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Proposition 1 would replace the existing sales tax on cannabis with a consumer's tax on marijuana and marijuana products, capping out at 8%. To explore the pros and cons of Prop 1, on Wednesday night, KCAW was joined in conversation by experts. Catherine Rose reports. If approved by the voters, the revenue generated from the new tax would go toward the Sitka School District's Student Activities Fund. Most of that money goes toward student travel, and Activities Director Rich Krupa said those costs have really increased, especially with cuts to ferry service. Now, school groups like cross-country or drama debate and forensics must fly everywhere they go. It's doubled, tripled our budget from... What we used to get a long time ago, I've been teaching for 25 years now, we used to get $10,000 each program, and that's when the ferry was going around, and then we'd fundraise a little bit for our sports programs or activities. Um, Now, I'm giving out about $6,000 to the program, and each program's raising around $20,000 in fundraise money each year. This is the second attempt the Assembly's made at getting marijuana legislation on the ballot. Last year, an effort to levy an additional 5% tax on marijuana failed on a split vote at the Assembly table. Then, this spring, they brought a graduated increase to the table that would cap at 10%. Assemblymember Kevin Knox co-sponsored the ordinance. Originally, I drafted this as being a three-tier graduated uh, increase, and uh, we brought it back just to the two uh, and stopped at, at 8% um, and and did that in, in part after meeting with uh, Michelle and another industry uh, representative um, and talking about some of the concerns. Um, and I, I can sympathize with wanting to, to put the money in other places, but even at 8%, uh, to, as you pointed out, $280,000 a year, uh, you divide that pie up, it starts becoming rather ineffective. Knox said that much money in the Student Activities Fund would make a big impact, spread across Sitka schools, though the bulk would be directed to Sitka High School. Michelle Cleaver owns Weed Dudes in Sitka. She said she pleaded with the Assembly to wait to enact this legislation until cannabis is legalized by the feds. Until it is, there are a lot of additional costs associated with running her business. She can't deduct routine business expenses, she can't use banks like most businesses, and she has to pay her taxes in cash. It makes it really hard. The only thing I'm allowed to deduct is the cost of goods sold, the cost of the marijuana that I actually buy and and sell, and the packaging that makes it childproof. Everything else is taxed at 30%. Makes it really, really rough. I invited assembly members in uh, to look at my books because I opened them up to say, look, this is how much my bottom line is. I'm not making that much. It it did no good. So the best I could do is... uh, get into it and figure out a better way to dispense the tax money. Cleaver suggests putting the revenue towards something that benefits a wider swath of the community, not just student activities. And to proponents who say the tax burden would fall to the customers, not the business, Cleaver says tacking on a new tax, even just an additional 2%, makes her less competitive with the illegal cannabis market. I am directly competing with the black market, a $15 gram. Now, Granted, I have to sell my weed right now at 6% for $14.10 versus a $15 black market in order to make it $15. And with the 8%, I'm going to have to sell it at $13.90 a gram. 
but they're not paying the tax. I'm paying a tax. Eliminating the general 6% sales tax on marijuana would cost city coffers about 190000 but the benefit to schools would be substantial. A specific cannabis-only tax of 6% would generate 210000 for student activities. An 8% cannabis tax would generate 280000 according to estimates from the city finance department. As intended by the proposition sponsors, this neatly aligns with the need. The current budget in the Sitka School District is about $270,000. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. You can listen back to the full Cannabis Tax Forum on our website at kcaw.org. Look for KCAW's Election Center. With no state or federal grants at its disposal, Sitka is asking voters whether they want to finance the construction of a marine haulout with public money, specifically a withdrawal of up to $8 million from the city's permanent fund, which was deposited last year following the sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital building. Advocates for the idea met for a half-hour discussion of Proposition 2 Wednesday evening on Raven Radio. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Gary White is the executive director of Sitka's Gary Paxton Industrial Park. He describes Sitka as being between a financial rock and a hard place. A marine haulout built from scratch is not an attractive investment for private capital. The piers, washdown pads, upland utilities, and the equipment to lift boats out of the water just don't pay that well. If you have to go out and borrow money to build those it does not cash flow. It's, it's, it's a pretty big six-figure loss annually for that. White, however, believes that Sitka's publicly funded haul-out, paid for in cash, could break even with competitive pricing compared to haul-outs in Wrangell and Huna. Alaskans have heard this argument before. The ferry system, for example, doesn't generate a profit, but it makes a great deal of economic activity possible. The question likely on voters' minds is whether a marine haulout serves a broad enough purpose to justify the use of public funds. Jeff Farver is a commercial fisherman who has been advocating for the project with a group called the Sitka Community Boatyard. He says the payback will be significant as it will keep the fleet and its money in town rather than sending it to other ports for overhaul and repairs. I've always had that kind of outstanding question myself. Historically, have hauling, the act of hauling boats really made much money. And I think it's been a kind of a break-even deal. It's the work that goes around it that's the really important stuff to the community. Filling the Gary Paxton Industrial Park with marine industries is a long-held vision of the park's board of directors, but development costs run pretty high. Gary White is candid about what $8 million will buy. Basically, it buys a toehold toward future growth. We're a marine community. I mean, a large part of our economy is based off of working on the water. To me, it seems like this is something that's needed. Whether the city should pay for it is is a question everybody has to answer. But we've got a pretty long track record of going out and trying to get outside folks to invest in this. And and it's, once again, if if, if we want to see this in our community, Sitka is going to have to lead the way. Proposition 2 asks voters to withdraw the proceeds from the recent sale of the Sitka Community Hospital building. That money is in the Sitka Permanent Fund, where sales of all municipal property are deposited. There isn't a business plan behind the proposition, but admittedly a huge need and a huge market of commercial and recreational vessels. Farver believes a plan can be worked out. I think the model that makes sense is public injection of money. We got skin in the game that provides opportunity for other grants. 
the city owns the property. We have a boatyard into the future. Private industry runs it, and we build our marine trades up to levels that support the fleet, the visitors, and anybody that needs those services. Prop 2 does have detractors. Sitka Senator Bert Stedman opposes it, believing it's a bad precedent to tap into permanent funds. He prefers seeing the haul-out put on the state's capital project list. But that's no guarantee either, as the high oil prices that drove Alaska's budget into surplus this spring have already started to fall. But while the funding mechanism is debatable, no one has taken a position against a marine haulout at Sitka's industrial park itself. In fact, it's widely seen as a critical need, starting last March. Advocates are hoping this urgency helps convince Sitkins to use their own money to build essential infrastructure and get boats out of the water sooner rather than later. Gary White says we can hope for government grants or we can control our own destiny. If we can get boats out of the water by the spring of 24, I think it would be a really good deal. You can listen to the Prop 2 Forum in its entirety online at KCAW's Election Center. One of Alaska's main ferries won't be running this winter after all. The Columbia was going to be used on the mainline route running through the inner channels of Southeast from Bellingham, Washington and Prince Rupert, B.C. up to Yakutat. But the State Department of Transportation has decided to keep the 418-foot ferry sidelined. Sam Dapsovich is a DOT spokesman. Columbia has been out of service for a few years, and we've got it just about ready to bring back into service, but we but we feel it would be a better uh, backup ship than being the primary vessel out there at this time. The nearly 50-year-old ferry has been tied up since 2019 to save money. Now, the state plans to use the Kennecott and Matanuska throughout the winter and use the Columbia as a backup ship. The Kennecott will run through mid-January and the Matanuska from late January on. There will be a two-week gap of no service in between. This also means the Kennecott won't run cross-gulf service in the winter months, says Dapsovich, but it should return in May. Some other changes to the winter ferry schedule include adjusting the Testamina dates out of Kodiak, filling the two-month gap that was in the draft schedule. It now provides trips to Prince William's Sound between Cordova and Valdez, which connects Cordova to the road system during the two-month stretch when the Aurora is in overhaul. But Dapsovich says it's not set in stone. Those trips are dependent on weather because the Testamina will have to cross the Gulf of Alaska between Homer and Prince William Sound to make those trips. You can find a link to the winter ferry schedule with this story online at kcaw.org. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.